Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. So grab your Bibles and go to Joshua chapter 3. Go to Joshua chapter 3. As you're going there, look at the person sitting next to you and tell them, I'm so glad you're sitting next to me today. (laughs) Smile at a few people around you if you're watching online. By the way, the 9 a.m. and the 11 a.m. is one of the most watched services we have. Come on, can we give a shout out to everybody watching online? Calvary. Calvary Church Online, we love you and we're glad that you are tuned in. Let us know in the chats where you're watching from. Send some emojis, some fire emojis, some heart emojis. Look at the person on the other side and tell them, I want to let you know you're sitting next to the best looking person in the building. Let them know who they're sitting next to. (laughs) Let's do this. Joshua chapter 3. Okay, make your way to Joshua chapter 3. If you don't have a Bible, we're going to put it up on the screens. If you're watching online, we'll put it up on your screen as well. Joshua chapter 3. Uh, If you've been with us the last couple of weeks, Joshua is now the new leader of the people of God. They've been going through the wilderness or the desert for 40 years, and God has a promised land that he's taking them to, and they're about to cross over to the new land. This is a big, enormous moment in the history of God's people. And so I'm only going to read the beginning part, and throughout the week we'll read it in our daily journal. But this is awesome what's about to happen in chapter 3, and we'll talk about it for the next few uh, minutes and moments. Joshua chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. I believe they're going to put it up on the screen. There you go. Okay. The Word of God says this. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Shittim, and they came to the Jordan, he and all the people of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. At the end of three days, the officers went throughout the camp and commanded the people, as soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by Levitical priests, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. Yet there shall be a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubits in length. Do not come near it in order that you may know the way that you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. Then Joshua said to all the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua said to the priests, Take up the Ark of the Covenant, pass on before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant, and they went before the people. I'm going to read these few verses only. Like I told you, the rest of this week, we're going to get into our daily study guide, and I think you're going to learn see the incredible journey as they crossed over but let's talk about it for the next maybe about 25 minutes and then we'll worship one more time and then go outside and have an amazing time and celebrate all the moms that are with us today but let's talk about this today I want to talk to you from this title over the river over the river why don't you slap three people around you and tell them over the river get over the river get over the river we're talking about Joshua's journey with the people of God as they're about to cross the Jordan River into the promised land. And I think there's a lot that we can all learn from this today. And so let's talk about it. Uh, Let's pray first, and then we'll go outside and have an amazing day. Is that cool? Let's do it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. 
Thank you, God, for all the moms that are here and watching online. God, we thank you so much for their lives. We pray today a special blessing over their life, God. Bless them, keep them healthy, strong, protect them, provide for them, God. We, today we honor them, God, and we, we're thankful that you've given us incredible moms, God, and thank you for every physical mom and spiritual mom, God. Today, we pray that they would feel refreshed and honored, God. We're so thankful for their lives. And God, thank you for the book of Joshua as we continue to study it and walk through it, God, that we may learn insight, wisdom, knowledge from it, God. Speak to us from your word today. We love you and we thank you. And all of God's people say, oh, come on, all of God's people say, can you make some noise for Jesus one more time? Come on. In the year 1848, slavery still existed in most states in our country. And they developed this system that the government did not know about called the Underground Railroad System. The Underground Railroad helped slaves escape from their masters or from these states that still uh, brought about slavery, and they made their way to a free land. It was in 1848 that a very famous slave became free, and she went by the name of Harriet Tubman. A lot of us, we've read about her, we've seen her story, and she became an absolute hero. Harriet Tubman, she crossed the line of the Ohio River and the Mason-Dixie line, and once you crossed that, you knew you were now in freedom territory. She made it over to the free land. And she tells the story that when she crossed over for the first time into a free land, she said, I looked down at my hands to see if I was still the same person now that I was free. She said, it seemed like the sun shined through the trees like gold. It seemed like there was glory everywhere, and I was living in heaven. She understood she was no longer a slave, but now she was free. The hero went back on approximately about 13 more trips through the Underground Railroad, and is said to have saved approximately seven to 100 slaves and brought them to freedom as well. She understood true freedom because she had lived like a slave once. I think about this story as I think about crossing over, as I think about times of transition, because I believe that many Christians, many believers, those of us who put our faith and our trust in Jesus, a lot of us, we haven't understood that we've crossed the line from slavery into freedom. In fact, I believe that so many of us, we, we fail to, we come short from acknowledging and living in the inheritance that Jesus came to give us. He didn't just come to give us salvation. Salvation implies a whole bunch of stuff. It means that you are free. It means that you walk in blessing. It means that now God came to give you a life and life to the fullest. I think the problem that we have, the challenge that we have, I put it this way, is that we are spiritually rich but living spiritually poor. So many Christians, God has given us a wealth of spiritual blessings. God has so much more for us, but we are living as we are spiritually bankrupt. That's what one commentator said when I was reading on the book of Ephesians several years ago that we did a study on it. One commentator said, Ephesians talks about all the blessings that God has come to give, his, uh, to give his people. But some of us, we live spiritually bankrupt. 
We fail to recognize that we've been adopted and redeemed and we're no longer citizens of earth, but citizens of heaven. And we've been blessed. We're highly favored. And God has adopted us and redeemed us and placed us in high places. And we walk with him and talk with him. Come on, anybody thankful this morning that you're blessed? Come on, we're blessed. We got so many spiritual blessings, yet we're living spiritually poor. As if God hasn't given us more than we already need. And we struggle in our faith and we struggle on our day-to-day walk. And we struggle to believe God that he has more for us. We struggle to believe that we can conquer certain sin and certain addictions and certain habits. And and we live this life that I believe is is not powered by the spirit but powered by our flesh. Because we, we fail to recognize we've crossed over a line. I'm no longer in charge of me. But now the Holy Spirit is in charge of me. And he, he comes to invigorate. And he comes to empower. And he comes to give energy. And he comes to give life but but we live this life that's struggling we're on struggle street instead of living in the street of the spirit I'm the type of driver that um I love taking my car to the limit if my car is running out of gas I will look at the gas tank and I'll say I'll take this to Hialeah and back and we'll be all right anybody like me my wife Diana she absolutely hates it she'll lean over and she's like we need gas now I'm like babe give me one more week you'll see the other day I was driving, the other day I was driving and, and, and the car was basically on E. And I was in a rush. So I was like, I'm, I'm not stopping for gas. I can do this. And, and about 10 minutes later, I had pushed it already, for, I think, for a good day. And about 10, 15 minutes later, I noticed the car start to lose energy and start to lose power. And I'm like, hmm, Lord, Lord, we have a problem. <laughs> And I remember I started pressing the gas and it just felt like the car was getting no kind of traction. There was no kind of energy. And I said, Lord, I pray you make a miracle right now. I started speaking in tongues, everything. I said, Lord, I need help. Where's the, where's the nearest gas station now? And I feel so many of us are living with spiritual empty tanks. The Holy Spirit wants to come in power. He wants to give us life and life to the fullest. But we're struggling. We struggle to believe that God has more. We don't have visions. We don't have dreams. We think we'll always be at this level. But I come to tell you that God wants more for your life. He wants more for your marriage. He believes that he can do more. Come on. He's the God of the impossible. He wants to bless your marriage. He wants to bless your kids. He wants you to walk in love, joy, peace, happiness, gentleness, long-suffering. Come on. That's the God that we have. That we won't be struggling with our faith. But even even through crisis, you'll have your head held high and you'll say, if God be before me, who can stand against me all the days of my life? I wonder where my spirit-filled Christians are this morning, empowered by the Holy Spirit, invigorated by him, saying, I got a God who goes before me, behind me. He surrounds me all the days of my life. I got joy, peace, and it goes and it follows me all the days of my life. Come on, God is raising up a church that is full of his spirit and his power, not saying, well, maybe tomorrow God will do something, and I don't know if he'll restore my life, and I don't know if he'll ever set me free. No, I got a God that brings freedom. I got a God that brings healing. I got a God that does miracles. I got a God of the impossible. I got a God that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all I can ask, think, or imagine. He didn't come to save us to live fruitless lives, but fruitful lives. For you to be empowered by him and walk in victory. Not saying there won't be challenges and obstacles, but filled with the spirit, you can have a fruit-filled life. Are we following the spirit of God? 
Are we filled with the Spirit of God? In fact, I put it this way. Follow correctly to live completely fruitful. Follow the Spirit of God. And I don't want to live this mediocre, less than, halfway, no energy Christian life. I want to live a Spirit-filled life. Yielded to the Holy Spirit. Bearing much fruit for the kingdom of God. Can I get an amen? amen. Joshua chapter 3 is an incredible part of this book. Because this is the time where they are finally about to cross the river into the land that God had promised them. It's been a long journey for them. Years and years before, God called Abraham out of the land of the Chaldeans or the land of Ur. And he promised that he would make a nation out of him and give him this land. And many of you know, after several hundred years, they went through all kinds of problems. They went down to Egypt and they became slaves for over 400 years. Then after that, Moses brings them out. And they wander in the desert for 40 years, and it seems like they're never going to get there. Has it ever seemed like that in your life? Like you're never going to get to that place that you thought God would take you. This is taking way too long. In fact, we learned that Moses and a whole generation dies in the desert because of their unbelief. There's now a new leader. His name is Joshua. We talked about this two weeks ago. We said it's a new day, Joshua. God has chosen you to walk into a new promised land. And God has to remind Joshua, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And Joshua is the new leader that will take the people into the promised land. He's to focus. He's to stop looking at the past. And he's supposed to walk forward in the new call of God over his life. And there's going to be a transition now because they are walking toward the new land. And they're right on the edge of the Jordan River, looking over to the promised land. And I love how Joshua chapter 3 begins because it says that Joshua was full of faith for the new land and for the promises, but also so were his leaders. It's important that whenever God wants to do something in your life, that you get people around you that talk like you, think like you, pray like you, have faith like you. Like, if God wants to do anything in a community, in a church, we should all be like-minded, and we should all be of the same spirit. I'm not talking about unity. I'm not talking about uniformity, but I'm talking about unity, where we're all together, and we believe that God wants to do more in your family. Grab your, your, grab your whole family at night and pray together and say, come on, let's believe that God wants to bless this family, and God wants to protect our marriage, and that God wants to do more. Anybody with me? Come on. Where we're united together in faith. You get a godly leader, and you get some godly, faith-filled people, you can make a difference in the world and Joshua now has a bunch of believing people around him because those who didn't believe died in the desert and so he's surrounded with faith-filled people and they're at the Jordan River the Jordan River today if you were to look at it you're like I could jump over this river it doesn't look like anything but many years have passed and there's been a lot of changes to the Jordan River but back then the Jordan River was massive and it had strong currents in fact, the Bible tells us that when they approach the Jordan River, especially at this time, it is flood season. And many believe, many commentators believe and scholars believe that the, the Jordan River is approximately one mile in width. And this is what they needed to cross. And it was full of currents and it was a difficult crossing. In fact, looking at it, it was impossible. And Joshua tells his officials and his leaders, tell the people that in three days, we are crossing the river, and we're finally making it to the promised land. In three days. Somebody say three days. Three days. I believe it's significant. Three days, it's not there by coincidence. 
A lot of things happen in three days all throughout scripture. It reminds me of a man who in three days went through a death, a burial, and a resurrection in three days. And so God was giving them time to prepare because I believe that first they needed to die to their desert ways to be baptized in the Jordan River as they crossed over into a resurrecting land full of promises. There was a death, burial, and a resurrection that they needed to go to. Whenever God wants to take you into a new season of your life, into a new territory, into new faith, to go out with new vision, many times you got to die to your old ways, get baptized by the Spirit, and walk into new promises with a new state of mind. You can't walk in new lands with old ways. Many times he'll take you through a land of preparation. This past Wednesday, we gathered for First Wednesday. By the way, if you hadn't been to a First Wednesday, you got to get here. It was absolutely phenomenal what happened on Wednesday. And I talked a little bit about it, the preparation by elimination. Many times, God will prepare you by eliminating things from your life. Three days, they're at the edge of the Jordan River. They're looking over, and right over the river is the promised land. I also think three days is significant because many times God will leave you in a situation for you to look at it long enough to understand that the only way out of it is by God himself. For three days, they were staring at this river that was raging, that had strong currents, almost a, a mile in, in width. To, to begin to understand, med meditate, let it get down in your heart. There is an impossible, there is, there is no way you're crossing over this river. It, it is impossible for you to cross over this river. And he wanted them to understand the depth and the significance, how profound this miracle was going to be. God will sometimes leave you in an impossible situation long enough for you to understand it wasn't by your strength, it wasn't by your might, it wasn't by your power, it was by his spirit. And there's no other way about it. And so many times we're complaining about a situation, but God, it's been three years, and God, you haven't healed me, and God, you haven't changed my hard-headed husband, and God, you haven't changed my wife, and God, you haven't made a way. And God is saying, yeah, I got to keep you there long enough, because if it happened sooner, you would get the glory. And you would think that it was your hand that did it. But if I keep you there long enough, you'll understand that there's no other way that you would get through it. But by God's power, anybody thankful that we serve a miracle working God? Some of us are like, I don't need that long to understand. No, some of us, we do. He'll leave us in a difficult situation long enough for you to say, God, I don't know, I've tried it all. Have you ever, have you ever been in that kind of situation? I've tried it all. I've tried everything possible. Got in two, three jobs. I prayed and I fasted and I, I, I tried everything by my own power. I tried convincing people and I tried having conversations on the side and I tried making posts to see if somebody would see it and understand what I need in my life right now. And none of that works because what you need is the Spirit of God. And so for three days, they're like, Joshua said we're crossing over, but this river is big. <laughs> this river is mighty. What Joshua and the people are going to do. It is a physical thing, but it is symbolic of what Jesus came to do with us, which is a spiritual thing. The journey that Joshua and the people of God are about to embark on crossing the river, it is a materialistic one. It's one that we can see and think about and wonder, wow, they crossed over. They went through dry ground and they crossed this river into the promised land. But it is supposed to be a symbolic representation of the journey that Jesus has done with us. He takes us from this old, enslaved, 
doubtful, murmuring, complaining land. And he takes us through the river of the Spirit's baptism, and he takes us into a land full of promises, milk and honey, filled with the Spirit, yielded by the Spirit, sanctified by the Spirit, walking by the Spirit. And so what happens in Joshua physically happens to us spiritually. Are you following me? It's powerful. In fact, I believe this is a representation of the Spirit's baptism because they were in Egypt. Before we came to Jesus, all of us were in Egypt. We were slaves to sin. We were slaves to all kinds of things. And the deliverer came and he brought us out of Egypt and we went, we got baptized in the first sea, which is the Red Sea, which is salvation. The Bible says we were baptized in Christ. Right, We believed in him. Some of us actually went down into the waters and we got baptized right out here and we threw a party like we're about to do in a couple of weeks and we're saved that we're going through the process of sanctification. And Some of us, what happens is that we get stuck in the wilderness after we get saved. We get saved, but we're still struggling. We're out of Egypt, but we still need to get Egypt out of us. And we still got things in our life that need to come out. And God, he'll take you through a baptism. But then Jesus came and he says, you got baptized with water, but one is coming that's going to baptize you with fire. And that fire comes to purify. And that fire comes to bring you a brand new life, invigorated and energized by the Spirit's power. That's why when Jesus came and he got ready to go into ministry, the Bible says he went down into the Jordan River. And he got baptized, and there the Spirit of God came over him. And the Father spoke from heaven and said, This is my beloved Son, who I am well pleased in. And full of the Spirit, he went out into the wilderness and then started his ministry. Because you just don't need salvation. You also need the filling of the Holy Spirit to help you believe, to help you walk, to help you understand all that God has for your life. And I believe that there's people here, you are in a moment of transition. You are transitioning into another moment of your marriage, of your life perhaps your business, things that God wants to do with you. He wants to encourage you. He wants you to believe for more. But you need to be filled with the Spirit. And it's hard for you to believe, and it's hard for you to, well, I don't know what I'm going to do with my family, and I don't even know what's next. My son's graduating college, and I have no idea what to do. And I got my daughters all over the place. Sweet 16, sweet Jesus, I don't even know what's going on. There, there's moments of transition in life that you need the Spirit of God to come energize you and help you to get into that next level, to get into new land, the new territory. And I believe that today God wants to fill some people with his Holy Spirit to help you walk in victory and believe for more and say, my God, he's able. How do we do that? What do we learn from Joshua chapter 3? Joshua, the people of God, approximately 2 million people are on the edge of the Jordan River. What can we learn from this miracle? We hear that Joshua tells everybody firstly, consecrate yourselves. Because tomorrow, God is going to do wonders among you. Woo. It's powerful. It's beautiful. What Joshua tells the people of God, it is profound. Consecrate yourselves. In other words, God is telling his people, what I want first is holiness. Holiness. In other words, get ready. Tell somebody next to you, get ready get ready a lot of us we want the promises of God without holiness but the Bible says without holiness none of us will see God are you hearing me church consecrate yourselves because tomorrow God will work wonders among you I want you to know we serve a God of wonders but God won't do wonders among you when there's sin and filth 
among you. I know this is cutting deep. We, we don't talk holiness the way we used to. I grew up in church, and I grew up in the type of church that would talk all kind of stuff. Nowadays, we're living in a seeker-sensitive culture. You say something, they'll try to cancel you, and don't you tell me how to live. And I'm not telling you how to live. I'm telling you what the Bible says, and it also checks me, and it also challenges me. Don't you tell me what to do with my life. I can do whatever I want with my life. I went to this church I don't like. it. some guy from Hialeah up there screaming, telling me what to do. Can I tell you, the Bible checks me every day. It was important. Joshua tells his people, hey, God says consecrate yourself. The word consecrate literally means become holy, which means in the Hebrew to be set apart. In other words, separate yourself from that which is bad for you. Whoa. When God wants to do something profound and beautiful in your life, he'll sometimes have to separate you from some things that were never good for you to begin with. He'll separate you from certain relationships, certain people, certain circles, certain toxic things, negative spaces. Most importantly, from sin. You know how they used to consecrate themselves in the past? They used to literally, what they had to do was take a bath and put on new clothes. You've been wearing some dirty clothes for a long time. Put on new clothes. That meant to be holy, to be separated. No, I'm purifying myself. And I think we've lost that in today's culture a little bit, especially in Christianity. I've been in church my entire life. I was born and raised in church. My mama almost gave birth to me in church. <laughs> and growing up now and seeing the culture now, it's weird. I see Christians that they proclaim to be saved and they proclaim to love Jesus, but they're sleeping around with their boyfriend and their girlfriend like it's all good. And Look on Instagram and they're taking trips with their boyfriend and girlfriend. They go on for three, four, five, six day trips, seven day cruising. I'm like, wait. Y'all, man, I hope you got two cabins. Now, now, like, can we talk about holiness for a little bit? And again, the same word challenges me. I've messed up and I've done wrong, but, but that doesn't mean we then just sweep it under the rug because we all sin. Let's just sweep it under the rug and let's not talk about our sin. No, let's talk about how to correct our sin. Nowadays, nobody wants to talk about it, and nobody, everybody's like, just do whatever your body feels, whatever urges you have, whatever feelings, whatever inclinations you have. Hey, do whatever your body wants. That's not what the Bible says. I don't submit to my body. I submit to my God. My body may be telling me one thing, but God desires holiness. I don't follow my feelings. I follow the Word of God, and it's an everyday process. God wants holy. Consecrate yourself. Get away from certain things that you know you need to get away from. You got to delete some numbers. You got to get away from certain relationships. No, I'll do whatever I want. It's funny because we don't do that across our whole life. Like, like I, we try to be disciplined. Like all of us know you can't just open up your fridge and eat everything. You can't. You can't. You, you want to. I want to. But it's a struggle. But I try to be disciplined in that area, right? Like, we wake up in the morning, our alarm goes off at 6, 7, whatever time your alarm goes off. Like, we don't say, ignore that. Today I'm going to sleep all day and tomorrow and the next day because I'm going to do whatever my body wants. No, you're disciplined in that because you know you need to work and you got responsibilities. We do that across every... But when it comes to sexuality, no, that, no alarm, no, no discipline. Why? And the moment we become loose in our sexuality, we start to disbelieve our theology. And a lot of us, what we'll do is that we'll discredit theology so that we can be loose with our sexuality. But can I tell you, the Bible just tells us 
Submit to him. Well, Alex, I was born this way. I know. That's why Jesus says you must be born again. We were all born this way. We were all born in sin. Every single one of us. We all came out with all kind of inclinations. All of us came out with all kind of, like we all came out twisted and wrong inclinations, proclivities and thoughts and urges. Like all of us are messed up. Be born again. Be holy. Be holy. Oof. I just thought it was grace. Grace, grace, grace. He loves me. Grace. Yeah, he does. But he also requires holiness. Consecrate yourselves today because tomorrow God is working wonders among you. In other words, he's saying you must be prepared for what God is going to do. Don't wait until tomorrow to get ready for tomorrow. Consecrate yourselves today because tomorrow. Consecrate yourselves today because tomorrow. Get ready for tomorrow today. Many of you know I'm a Heat fan. I'm a Heat fanatic. Like I, today, today the 76ers, done. They, they got no chance. We gave them a chance on Friday just so we could win it in five, but we got this. But, but today we'll win game, game, our, our game three and we'll take it to four. We got it. We got it. I'm a Heat fan. I think it's one of the best organizations on the planet. We Three-time champions since 2006. In the meantime, the Knicks haven't even won a playoff game. I'm, that's another conversation. I just love the Heat. But, but no, seriously. The other day, earlier this season, when they were playing a regular game, we have this one player on our team. And, and if you're, you are born and raised in Miami, you love this guy. UD, Udonis Haslam. He's the man. And, and Udonis Haslam, for the last couple of years, really hasn't been getting a lot of minutes because he's the OG. I think 17 years now on the team. And, and they're giving all these young guys opportunity. But, but he's on the bench. And, and, and earlier this year, there was a game where we were beating our opponent by a lot. And so the coach, uh, Spo, put him in for a little bit. And he got in there and he dominated. I mean, he just played a few minutes. But I think he made something like six points in a few minutes. I don't know how many rebounds and assists. Like, it was like, whoa, UD, the OG, the captain, amazing. After the game, they asked him, like, hey, how do you feel? You just went in there. You dominated those couple of minutes. He's like, yeah. What we say here around Heat Culture is that you stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Wow. I love that. If they're that disciplined with their sport, how disciplined should we be with what God wants to do with us? Wait, God, you're a God of promises. You're a God of miracles. You're a God who's able to do a lot. Let me stay ready so I don't have to get ready. Let me live holy. I want to walk in promises. I want to walk in blessing. I want to walk in all that you have for me. But I got to eliminate some things from my life so I can be ready for all that God wants to do. Get ready for all that God wants to do in your family. Well, my husband's never going to change. Act like he's going to change. Get ready. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Get ready so you don't have to do it last minute. Today, what you do today will impact your tomorrow. Holiness. God wants holiness from his people. And I, I just believe God, he's going to do something special in our church. I believe he wants to do something in your life, but he requires holiness. And I'm telling you, you'll walk in a greater dimension. You're going to walk in a brand new relationship with God if you understand he requires holiness. Holiness for my life. Number two, not only was it holiness, they needed more faith. More faith. They needed to see correctly. Somebody say, see correctly. Joshua tells all the people, and i got to hurry up because the music is already playing. And so we're about to wind this down. Joshua tells all the people, hey, hey, the Ark of the Covenant... It was this gold box you got to read about in the Old Testament. It represented the presence of God. It's going to go before you. Stay at a distance so that you can see it. 
because where you are going you've never been before and you need to keep your eyes on God so that you can see where he's about to take you so many of us we don't enter into a new place with God we don't go from glory to glory we don't experience new victories because our eyes aren't on God our eyes are on everything around us we start looking at our problems we start looking at all the issues we got in our life we start looking at our family issues our marriage issues our kids issues our financial issues and we got eyes on everything else but on the presence of God Joshua tells the people, you got to keep your eyes on the covenant. Don't worry about the Jordan River. As soon as we step in, God's going to take care of the river. You just keep your eyes on God. In other words, obedience is up to you. Outcome is up to God. Are you hearing me? We see a New Testament story that is similar. It's Peter. Jesus is walking on the water and he calls out Peter. What does Peter do? Peter jumps out like, I'm, I'm, gone. I'm walking on the water with you. And Peter jumps out. He starts walking with Jesus on the water. Two people ever walked on water, Jesus and Peter. Now, Peter only lasted a few seconds. Because the Bible says Peter started to look around. I can imagine Peter like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Oh, my God. Is that a shark? <laughs> and he put his eyes on everything else but on Jesus. That's why Paul tells us in the New Testament, keep your eyes on the author and the finisher of our faith. Ask the person next to you, what are you looking at? <laughs> keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Can I tell you, like I grew up in church, I, I could have I thrown in the towel a long time ago. I've seen pastors fail. People throw away their marriages, fail their congregations. I've seen brothers and sisters in Christ literally throw away their calling, their giftings, their anointing, but I kept my eyes on Jesus. People will fail us. There'll be all kinds of troubles, all kinds of situations. Keep your eyes on Jesus. You want to walk into a promised land? You want to walk into fulfillment of all that God has for you? You keep your eyes on him. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Today, I don't know what you're looking at. Maybe your eyes are on everything else but him. Lift up your eyes. Look to him. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, that we walk by faith, not by sight. There may be a lot of waves around you, but, but keep your eyes on him. Yeah, but how can I walk on waves? Well, that's number three. We need to walk obediently. Obedience. He requires holiness, faith, and obedience to walk a spirit-filled life. When we're baptized by the Spirit, walking into the spirit-filled, promise-filled life. You need holiness. You need faith. Bless you. And you need obedience. In other words, when you're yielded to the Spirit of God, sometimes God will call you to do things that you're like, I don't understand, God. What do you mean serve my husband? What do you mean serve my wife? What do you mean serve my community? What do you mean be kind to my boss? What do you mean love of my enemy? Walk by obedience. But I, I don't understand, God, this is a walk by obedience. Joshua tells the people, consecrate yourselves, holiness. Keep your eyes on the covenant. And when the priests go in, you get up and you follow them into the river. Now, now this is different than the Red Sea crossing. Because in the Red Sea crossing, Moses just extended his staff and the Red Sea began to split. And it's easy to walk on dry ground. It's like, well... There's no river. There's no sea. There's no, no, I can walk through this. It's easy to march forward once God has done the miracle. 
with this Jordan River, he says, no, as soon as the priests begin to walk into the river, then I'll begin to bring back the river. In other words, you need to get your feet wet. Sometimes we want to wait on God to do a miracle. I'm not joining a connect group. Mm -mm. Not until he does this in my life. Why don't you get your feet wet? And as you get your feet wet, God will begin to do the miracle. Now, I'm not serving on dream team. No. No, I've been on three dream teams in three different churches. So I'm not going to be on no dream team. No. No, my marriage is still a mess and everything's still great. I'm not going to be on no dream team. No, no dream. Get your feet wet. No, I'm not going to live in holiness. If I live in holiness, I'm still sick and my marriage is still... Get your feet wet. Start living holy and God will do the miracle. Like... It's, it's difficult. I'm not saying it's easy. The situation looks different. There's a river, and you're telling me to get into the river, and once I step in, then the river. I don't know about you, but I will walk so slowly into that river. I'll dip a toe first to see if God brings anything back. And we do the same thing with God. God, I'm not going to step out in faith until I see something. Didn't Jesus come around in the New Testament? And he says, oh, it's not seeing, then believing. It's believing, then seeing faith today I don't know what he's calling you to but here's what I know you need to walk obediently if God calls you to it he'll see you through it the Bible says that as the priests began to put their feet in the Jordan River he began to stop the waters and they were car carrying the Ark of the Covenant and they had two million people behind them following and as the water went up to their ankles and perhaps then started going up to their knees at some point, the water stopped climbing up and began to go down. And they continued to walk, and the water went down and down and down, went right back to their feet. And then it began to recede. And as the priest stood in the middle of the river, the Bible says the whole people crossed now on dry land. But you have to step into it first. I'm stepping in by faith. He's calling me to do something. Today, today, today you're saying, I don't know how, how I'm going to live without this relationship. This is the person I've been with forever. And, and we were actually thinking about getting married. Maybe, maybe today that relationship is not healthy for you. And you're like, I don't know. Step into the river. Trust the Spirit of God. Today, maybe, maybe certain numbers, websites we've got to block. Today, maybe there's certain things we've got to do in our life. Here's what I know. He has more for you. But until there's holiness, until there's faith and obedience, you won't explore the more. God has so much more for all of us. I wonder how many of us today are living bankrupt, enslaved, when we are spiritually rich and free. But we failed in obedience, in faith, and in holiness. The Bible says they all crossed over the land, they made it to the other way, and they made two memorials of 12 stones. It's beautiful. 12 stones to represent all the tribes that made it through. They were separated by 12. And on the other land, they praise God. On the new land, they worship God. And he says, let this memorial always serve as a reminder, it was God who brought us over the river. It's a new day now. Over the river, there's promises for you. Over the river, there's all kind of God things for your life. Today, what river's in front of you, they say, I, I, need, I need to cross that thing. I need to live in holiness. I need to live by faith. And I need to live in obedience. You've been trying by your own power. You've been trying by your own strength. You've been trying by the flesh. 
but the Bible says he'll baptize you in water, but then he'll baptize you in fire. And when he baptizes you in fire, you'll be a spirit-filled Christian and you'll be able to walk in the promises of God as you yield to the spirit, obey the spirit, have faith in the spirit, and are sanctified by the spirit of God. Come on, let's stand up to our feet all across this place. We're leaving in just a moment, but come on, why don't we close our eyes for a second and some of us today, I just sense some heart. Some of us today, we need a fresh feeling of the Holy Spirit. Paul tells us in the New Testament, be filled with the Holy Spirit. In the Greek, it literally means an everyday feeling. And here's what I know. Every single day, he wants us to cross Jordans to be filled, baptized, so that we can walk in resurrection life. So that we can walk in the promised life. Life and life to the fullest. Jesus says, I come to give you life and life to the fullest. He wants you to walk in a free life. He wants you to walk in a life not enslaved by sin or spiritually bankrupt, but you are adopted, redeemed, forgiven. You are his child. Today, if you need a fresh feeling of the Holy Spirit, come on, why don't we lift up our hands and worship him for a second. Hallelujah. We thank you, God. We love you for who you are. We worship you in this place. Come on, some of you, come on, can you just begin to open up your mouth and tell him, God, fill me today. We're leaving in just a moment, but tell him today, I need a fresh feeling of your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I ask that you fall over us. Come on, somebody tell them, fill me today with new power. Fill me today with a fresh anointing. Fill me today with your energy. Invigorate me by your power, God. Let me be filled with you, Holy Spirit. Let me live a spirit-filled life in your promises and all that you have for me. Holy Spirit, you see every hand lifted. You see every life represented. Today, Holy Spirit, fall upon us. We need more of you, God. We want more of you in our life, in our relationships. We need more of you in all that we do in our going in and our going out let us not walk by our own power our own strength but Holy Spirit we need you God to walk in the promises thank you for our Joshua called Jesus who came to redeem us who came to adopt us who came to deliver us who came to baptize us not just with water but with fire Holy Spirit purify us we ask for holiness in our lives we ask for obedience and we ask for faith God that we may see you listen to you and walk in you hallelujah how great Thank you, Jesus. How great! Holy Spirit, fill us today. How great. 
the God that dries the Red Sea, the God that opens the Jordan River. That's the God that we have. And God, if you can do that, then you can work out all things for the good of those who love you and who are called according to your purpose. And every challenge and every obstacle, your purpose is to make you make us more like your son. And so help us to walk in holiness. Help us to walk in faith and help us to walk in obedience. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, God. On this beautiful Mother's Day, God, fill us, refresh us with a fresh anointing and a fresh unction. Holy Spirit, come upon your people. Fill us from the top of our head to the soles of our feet with your joy, with your peace, with your hope, with your grace. We are spiritually rich in you. Adopted, redeemed, citizens of heaven. Thank you, God. With every eye closed, with every head bowed, we're leaving in just a second. But if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with God, in fact, maybe you're here and you feel far from God. You're saying, Alex, that's cool, but that's not for me. Maybe you're saying, you have no idea what I've done in my life, Alex. There's no way God can love somebody like me or forgive somebody like me. I want to tell you that that may be true. We don't know what there is in your life, but here's what I know. God knows and he loves you still. He loves you so much that I believe he's allowing you to hear this. He wants you to know he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And there's nothing you can do about it. The Bible says all of us are sinners. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. Every single, there's not one perfect person in this place. We've all sinned. We've all failed. We've all done wrong, thought wrong, said wrong. And the Bible says that our sin separates us from God. God is love, but he's holy and he can't be with sin. So sin creates a barrier between us and our creator. But the Bible says that God loved us so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus. And Jesus, he's the bridge maker. Jesus came and he grabbed my sin, your sin. Every wrong thing we've done, thought, said. The Bible says that Jesus, he carried it on his shoulders. The Bible says there's a heavy price for sin. It's called death. And you and I can never pay for our own sins. So the Bible says that Jesus paid it for us. Jesus grabbed all of my sins and your sins. And the Bible says he carried them to a cross on Calvary. And there he died for our sins. He took the punishment for our sin. What we deserved, he received. The Bible says that Jesus gave up his life. He died on that cross. Once he was dead, they took him off the cross. They put him in a grave and he was dead for three days. But the Bible also says that after three days, Jesus Christ, he resurrected. He defeated sin and death for me and for you. Jesus, he's alive. and He's changed some of our lives. He made, he's made us brand new. He's took us from slavery to freedom. He's took us from spiritual bankruptcy to spiritually rich. He's taken us from death to life. And today he wants to do that in your life. With every eye closed, with every head bowed. Nobody looking around in a moment of privacy, in a moment of prayer, in a moment of worship. If you're here today, you say, Alex, I need that. I need that new life. I need forgiveness for my sins. What do I got to do to be saved? The Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. I'm going to count to three in just a second. If that's you, if you're here and you're saying, Alex, I need Jesus. At the count of three, I want you to raise your hand as high as you can. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to give you a microphone. Every eye closed, every head bowed. I just want to see who I'm praying for. 
then you can put your hand back down. Wave your hand at me if that's you. At the count of three, you're saying, I need Jesus. I need forgiveness. I want a brand new beginning. I want a brand new start. I want a relationship with God. At the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand as high as you can. As high as you can. I see you. 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 God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Awesome. Awesome. Hands up. Anybody else? You raise your hand as high as you can. If you're watching online. We got pastors and leaders on the chat saying, hey, I need this prayer. I'm making this prayer today. We'll say that prayer with you online as well. Anybody else, you raise your hand. Awesome. You can put your hands back down. Let's say this prayer together. I'm going to say a simple prayer. I want all of you to repeat this prayer with me. Let's say it together. It's one big family, one big community. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for Jesus. I believe that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life, be my Lord, and be my Savior. From today on, I'm forgiven, I'm saved, and I'm healed. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Oh, come on, a big congratulations to every person that made a decision today. We love you. What a decision. We have a free Bible for you. As you go out to take a picture with mom and all that, we have a free Bible for you in the Connect tent. Make sure you pick it up. Happy Mother's Day once again to all the moms in the building. Give a mom a hug. Tell her how much you love her and you're thankful. Let's sing this out one more time. How great. We love you, church. Have an incredible week. Happy Mother's Day. Come on, let's sing it out.